A grasshopper can leap 20 times the length of its own body. That's impressive. And we'll have another animal fact next week. How is everyone? <laughs> I'm feeling unwell, which oh, is not good oh. in the current climate. Not not the bad, scary unwell that we don't acknowledge. D- different unwell, but I'm, I'm not... F- I've been feeling just real under the weather this week. So you haven't come down with a case of uncertain times? No, no, no. This, this isn't like... My my feeling ill hasn't resulted in any, in any coughing, which means that like you know I I don't yet have to fear that the world is like it's you it's you yeah you know I can just be quietly ill by myself at the moment. <laughs> I fear that if I cough once in public, I will instantly be chased by a crowd with very real pitchforks and torches that weren't there before. <laughs> Somehow in Target they were hiding yeah behind the fish sticks. And then they all leap out at once and, and yell, you coughed, you coughed. And the men folk will beat me with brooms and shoes. I'm so fucking angry. I am so, I went, I went out of the house today, had to run some errands. And half the people on the street aren't fucking wearing masks. Nope, and same here. I just want to cough near them. I, I real, I'm, I'm reaching that point. Yeah. Where I am ready to turn off the ringer on my phone. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm at the point now where I'm ready to start yelling at people just yeah. on the street. I, I, I had to go to the supermarket the other day and there were two people who clearly weren't from the same household. They had like different shopping trolleys, just sat like less than, less than a foot away from each other, just having a chin wag. I finished my shopping. They were still there having a chin wag, no masks on. I'm like, just how 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 do you think this is appropriate excuse me right the pair of you can stop it because what you haven't considered is my sense of superiority if everyone starts <laughs> wearing masks i can't feel better than the fuckers i see out in the street without it <laughs> uh. i can point at them and say Ugh, idiots uh like that yes people wearing like Fewer people wearing masks means this will extend for months. But if it's months of me having a shred of self-esteem that I feel I can look down on someone at last, then I say, let the world cough. Is this what you're clinging on to in these uncertain times? Is, well, I'm not the problem. I'm wearing a mask. In these uncertain times. I mean, I think I still am the problem. I only, I only found out yesterday because Justin said that the mask I've got will give me dirty looks. Because it's one of the medical masks that was shoved in my hands literally by a literal nurse when I had the flu. So I had that knocking about and it's the only mask I've got right now. I've got a fancy one in the mail sending to the old address. So I've got to <laughs> hold vigil outside the old address with a rose until it gets there. But it's all I've got. and It's one of those medical ones. And I think they like, don't wear it because you're not a doctor. Fuck off. But it's... What else can I do? I, I could try and strap a boggle into my face. I can, I can tie the arms around the back of my head and just French it. If you've got it, wear it. Just don't be the person I saw today on Twitter who spent two and a half grand on those N95 masks to make art projects with... What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> So I think your one you were given when you had the flu and is already yours and you can't give to anyone else because you've had flu near it. I think you can use yours. I'm going to write that on the front of the mask. 
Don't blame me, a nurse shoved it in my hand. Did we fully gut the National Endowment for the Arts here? Because I gotta make sure that that got gutted before they gave that money, because that's the end of it. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I think if I need to replace my mask, I'm gonna climb up that statue. There's, a, well, any one of the statues in, in this city that have masks on, because they sh it's cute that they're wearing them, but an actual person not made of bronze could wear it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. My headphones have turned off. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've got to charge this up. I can't hear any of you. Quick. Uh, Conrad. Conrad, what can we talk about while Jim's gone? Uh, um, Jim, I mean, Jim's a very lovely boy. A friend, well, uh, he, a he can't of mine, stop us complimenting him. So, so a couple of friends of mine who run a local shop took a photo the other day. Uh, you know, just infuriated because this woman had come running up to this group of people or this this pair of people and just started chatting with them none of them have masks on you know they're all standing like right next to each other right come to find out that it's actually like a neighbor of another friend of mine who has been bitching about her leaving her apartment complex for <gasps> weeks Oh, <laughs> and oh goodness. the local shame game is going to get real serious real quick if some shit doesn't change. I swear to God, it's uh, yeah. yeah. Hello. Hi. Oh, you're back. back. Sorry about that. I had my wireless ones on and they switched off. How dare they? S silly old. Don't silly they know that you have podcasting to do? In these uncertain times, you need reliable headphones that you can trust. For God's sake. <laughs> Come on people at last <laughs> have we gotten it out of our system have we gotten being yeah. angry at everyone out yeah now we can be angry at other things like video games i no longer live near a park so i feel a little less furious at the world because you could look out the window and see people hanging out yeah that park seemed like a real boon until all of this happened i didn't know it was <laughs> a big fucking park like that the photos made it look like a little cute wooded walkway area it was one of the many things i didn't know about that place i'm in that new place i mentioned last week now listener it's very good i'd show you the view but you dox me again so i'm gonna leave that to myself on the instagram on the gym position instagram there is a nice shot of the skyline um though uh, sort of <laughs> carefully ankled so that's fun it's great here i actually feel a lot better inwardly i mean obviously Yay. everything around the world is still shit but my mental health has raised quite a bit because i'm not in an upscale shithole you have a nicer place to wait out all of the everything well yeah yeah like a place that's actually built for more than one person as i continue to sort of put up justin for a while space to do things and put nice things out and it's just a very nice place with with very good Yay. judicious floor plan, uh, unlike the other place, which was clearly a one bedroom that they'd uh, made very thin cardboard walls mm -hmm. um, for, so that they could claim it was a two bedroom. It was two very small rooms and a kitchen with not enough space to be the rest of the apartment. Yeah. But it was a kitchen and something trying to be the rest of the apartment. <laughs> and, you know, I mentioned all the lack of the soundproofing and the being able to hear people in other apartments urinate and being right by a park, which, which was a fun gimmick for a week until 11pm <laughs> on a Saturday night. So that's that. 
Um, but yeah, you could see people having aerobics classes out there. You could see whole groups of teenagers just gathered around a little wooden table. No masks, um, an inch pressed together. They might as well have been the same person. They were that close together. Might as well have been like Mysterio in Spider-Man cartoons where there's one of him and then like six of them come out of him and then he's like surrounding Spider-Man and he goes, I've got you now, you fucking red idiot. And then they go back into him. They're that close. They may as well have been Mysterio's holograms is what I'm trying to say. But that would have been better, would it not, dear listener? Uh, True believer. For if they were holograms, they couldn't pass on COVID-19 to their elderly relatives. Yeah. But they're not holograms designed to oh. confound that web slinger. <laughs> they are human beings full of filth. And if if this whole coronavirus situation has taught me anything, it's that I should fear every other human that isn't me. We're all walking miasmas. The masks should stay on forever. And none of us should touch or kiss or love that that got intense. Uh, but I agree with everything he said. I mean, yeah. You know, so uh, <laughs> just my opinion. Yeah. It, unless it was offensive, in which case it was sarcasm. Yes, yes. Oh. Should we talk about some video games? Yeah. yeah. Let's let's talk about your favourite video games and whether they were great or perfect. Because, you know, we pushed that hard and now I'm committed to saying it, even though it long ago stopped being funny. I don't know. I, oh, no, I still I, think I it's still, funny. <laughs> I still find it hilarious. We should put it on a t-shirt. We should put it on a t-shirt and... I, I think it's the closest this podcast has ever had to a catchphrase, and I'm I'm not willing to let it go. It's our catchphrase. You know. <laughs> it's our tagline. Um, Only took us like five years to get to one. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be the tagline of our movie, and you may say, who'd, who'd show a podquisition movie? AMC in a few weeks. <laughs> they will take uh, anything I give them, and I'm going to give them a lot. Uh, Cockroach Boyfriends will finally get made. It's the one Willem Dafoe movie pitch I've never said out loud because I genuinely think it could be a film. <laughs> one day I'm going to get Cockroach Boyfriend made, maybe by the bloke who does Moon. The guy who did Moon with Kevin Spade. Well, I shouldn't name drop that one. You mean David Bowie's son, Duncan Jones? Yeah, I think he followed me on Twitter once, so he he, he will clearly make a film if I ask him <laughs> nicely. Well, of course. No, I, I won't threaten yeah. him. You're not going to be a demanding lad. No, no. Not not to him. I mean, with, with AMC, you can do what you want. You know, he also made Warcraft, right? Did he? Did yeah. he? Oh. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm, out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not. Uh, some things are best off not made. So I played some video games this week. I bet you I did, did some more of those. Uh, I continued playing that later daters that I was talking about last week, the uh, old person's home dating sim. Oh, yeah. Um, it continues to be really good. I've put about three hours into it now, which I think is about as much of it as currently available. There's a couple of more chunks of it that are coming in the coming weeks. But uh, I've really enjoyed its sense of humour. Um and it, it has not been afraid to tackle some heavy topics quite head on because obviously when you, you're in an old folks home, there's going to be a lot of serious topics that come up, such as like, ah, there's the couple who one of them has dementia and he really doesn't want you to tell the nurse about it. And, you know, let's have a conversation about impending mortality. But let's also go on cute polyamorous dates. Um, 
I, I think where I finished off playing it the other night, um, I'd, you know, in sitcoms, they have that situation where you talk nicely to two people and oops, they both think we're on a date and I have to hop back and forth between the dates now. Yep. I, I did that with three characters and accidentally made them all think I was interested in a date. Did you eat three Christmas dinners like the Vicar of Dibley? No, the oh. game gave me the option to just go, I mean, I kind of like all of you. And they were like, well, I mean, we like each other. Sure, four-person date. Nice. I got to kiss I got to kiss two of them. All of them knew about it. No one complained. I had a really lovely polyamorous date. And it, it was nice to be able to see that relationship dynamic yeah. in an, in a game it was real fun i would have liked to have seen it in the vicar of dibley indeed i'm glad that game worked out it does sound interesting yeah it's it's currently like they're it's episodic in the sense of they're gonna add the other chapters to the end of it as the weeks go on it's not like paying for extra sections of it or anything mm-hmm. and I've really enjoyed what I've played so far. I I feel like a lot of the the more difficult plot lines they've tried to touch on have been handled really, really delicately and really sensitively. Um, I just keep having a real good giggle at it. It's just a very sweet little game. If, if, if you're someone who likes your dating sims, I can't recommend this one enough. I'm having a wonderful time with it. So yeah, uh, what about you both? Have you been playing anything this week? Well, I... Uh just Final Fantasy 7 Remake, which I finished, and I think you finished it this week too, right? Yep, I finished it this week as well, yeah. Staying spoiler-free... Yeah. I I would... I personally feel like... I don't think feel like they did a great job of justifying why the characters wanted to do the things they wanted to do in the final act. I agree with that. Yep, I, I feel like it relied far too much on showing things that people who've played the original will know what is being shown and what that means but out of context like little flashes of okay i don't see why that is the thing that's motivating you to to do what you're going to do yeah and and i think yeah here's the the thing that i find kind of unfortunate about it that would not have happened in a straight remake mm. is that if you were to come at this with no cultural knowledge of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. None of the stuff that's changed, I guess, will make any sense to you at all. It will be yes. confusing on the level of the bad translation we got in the West for the original Final Fantasy VII, which at points yeah. really needs to kind of be pieced together. The, the other thing about the, the ending of that game is... I very much feel that the quality of the writing and particularly the clarity with which it told its story got worse when it got to the bit where it was doing its own thing. And that concerns me about future entries. I feel like they were a lot less clear about what was going on and why and character motivations in that last section. <laughs> and I think that they've kind of tried to make it clear that they are going to still adhere to a lot of familiar story beats going forward to sort of try to rein in those fears from people. They've more or less con- confirmed that when they said that they're going to focus on smaller sections of the original game to remake going forward, which seems to indicate that key moments are still going to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel a lot less apprehensive of the decision they made about how to, you know, end this than I did 
before reaching it. Um, it didn't feel as pointed as I had feared it might. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fascinated that they did what they did, and I'm super curious, but I don't know how confident I am in their ability to execute what they're planning. But I, I, I'm intrigued. It's so funny because I want to be able to judge this product on its own. Yeah. But it's utterly impossible to judge this product on its own and come away with a positive impression of it. You know, if I if I had I just I can't imagine coming to this and not knowing who Sephiroth is. And that's a very, you know very sort of gamer perspective too to have say, what do you mean you don't know who Sephiroth is? But there are those people out there who are going to see Sephiroth for the first time in this and be like, okay, so what's the big deal? Yeah. There's they didn't do a great job in this, for example, of going, this is why you should care about Sephiroth as a villain, what 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 he's trying to do and why he's a problem. Right. He's not established in any I mean, sure, he's okay, he's in black ominous music plays around they him. They throw in a sentence that says he he wants to destroy the world. Right. No, nothing more than that. They're just, oh, he wants to destroy the world. We should stop him. Yeah. So I I don't think it earns the direction it's going in all that well. Um, But I, I admire the effort. I think that like the deepening of that world is really interesting. I want... Uh, it seems... This is the optimist in me, is I feel like there's going to be even more Shinra than there was before. Yeah. And I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, I'm down for more Scarlet because her whole shtick in that game is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm. The human furniture and the the whole angle with it is great. And I hope the little soldier that crawls on all fours behind her <sighs> is throughout the rest of the series and is never acknowledged. <laughs> I My overall impression is still pretty fantastic. Um, I feel like this is somewhat ruined going to other JRPGs now because I'll get to it in a bit. I tried playing a different JRPG that was fairly recent later today and was like... This this isn't as fun to play. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII really did nail that combat, huh? Right through to the end. It's really fun to play. And one thing I'll note is that I never really mastered that system. Uh, mm. I I got the fundamentals. And, yeah. and I was able to utilize it. And my early grinding certainly helped. So I was, you know, low mid-40s. Uh, in the group by the time I finished it. And it felt tense. It felt like a struggle, but it didn't feel unattainable. Um, So that was nice. I understand that the hard difficulty really does make you work for it, and I respect that I probably won't be playing it. (laughs) I tried it a bit on hard difficulty, and yes. It's not not for me. It's not merciful. I'll give Mm -hmm. it that. But I I did think it was interesting that it, normal didn't ever feel too difficult, and for much of the campaign felt very pretty easy until you. you know, but some of these boss encounters they just take you right to the edge, hmm. and uh, really yeah, really enjoyed all of those. The the one fight in that game that I remember above any other because I came in with not the correct spells for it and had like a real interesting time was the. Fighting the fucking house. Oh, the hell house is a nightmare fight no matter what. Yeah, I, 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 because they just switched the party around, I didn't have like all mm. of the elemental spells on me and I had a real rough time fighting that house. Yeah. Uh, 
it's quite a thing fighting a house. But that 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 fight encounter is memorable on its own. Yeah, yeah. Uh. It's a fantastic game. I for, for all of my like concerns and little places where I think they could have done better with things. Sure. I I had an absolutely great time start to finish. I just didn't. There wasn't a moment where I didn't want to be playing it. This is good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. What about you, Jim? What have you been playing? I played I played the new Predator game, Predator Hunting Grounds. Um, if I recall correctly, it was done by the people who did Friday the 13th. And it shows because mm-hmm. it's rough, mm. but not like super broken. It's just very, it feels very dated. Um, but it's not a bad idea mechanically. You've got four players who are humans who are very much like the soldiers in the first Predator movie. So you're out there in the jungle and you've got your your own set of objectives. So, and then they're independent of the Predator. So your goal is to go into this jungle area, you know, shoot drug lords, blow up uh, caches, plant bugs, all sorts of just little jobs to do while shooting all of these AI soldiers and stuff. And while you're doing that, there's one player who's the predator who is tracking you down. And there's various things like um, what Evolve used to have. So if you're if the humans are running, then birds will be sent up in the air. And the predator's got all of the tools, the, the thermal imaging, and, and they can listen out for sounds and detect where they are. And I think the idea of the game is that the humans are doing this stealthily and picking their way through and not trying to make much noise, while the Predator is darting in and out and picking them off, and it's very tense, and and that's not what happens. (laughs) What happens is you, if you think ahead, you look down on the ground near a puddle and you smear mud on yourself, then you just run in, shoot everything, and the Predator will drop uh, drop down from the trees with a sword and just run around hacking you. (laughs) And it's still kind of fun. It's it's just so far, and I don't know if this will change as people experience the game more, but so far it really is just the Predator is hack and slashing and you are shooting at it. And and it's it's enjoyable and the and the predator is fun to play as and it's got all the different tools which can you can unlock and upgrade. You've got a little plasma launcher thing that makes the little red uh, sight happen, which can tip off the human players as to where you are. You can do the camouflage and everything, but as you run around in the trees, leaves get knocked down, so the, the humans can track the predator as they move. So there's a, there are a lot of tools in the game to spot each other and out-stealth each other. Mm. It's just the game is more effective when you bypass a lot of that and just try and try and uh, kill the shit out of each other, uh, which is still pretty decent. And I, I like how there's a lot of chances for each side to get, to get ahead, which seems to balance yeah. it out. Cause if you lose party members, you can um, get to a reinforcement station and call them back. So you can resurrect them there. Um, there are various win conditions. You can kill the predator. Uh, you can complete all your objectives, and you can get to a point where you know half the team got on the helicopter and got away. The others were abandoned or killed. The predator can kill you know a couple people to claim a victory. It can wipe out the whole team, 
And if the Predator gets shot down, they've got a chance to initiate the self-destruct, which is fucking (laughs) awesome. And I've only managed to play as the Predator twice, but I have managed to wipe the entire party through the self-destruct. Because obviously I'm not a great Predator player, but I'm... Yeah, I've managed to wipe them out with the self-destruct. The first time I played, I got stuck behind a fence um, and they wouldn't run away. They kept just trying to shoot my kneeled down body while it was going. (laughs) And then it blowed them all up. So, you know, I think I'm the best uh, Predator Hunting Grounds player in America. Did you have any trouble getting into matches as the Predator? Or have you been able to get into those okay? Nowhere near as bad as Resident Evil Resistance. Yeah, this is exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, like right now it shows match waiting times and... Typically, it's about 30 seconds to get into a match as a human and between four and six minutes, usually, to get into a Predator. So it's still lengthy, but... That's not terrible. For a game like this, it's not bad at all. And both sides are pretty... I would say they're about equally as fun. They're And it's not super great. Like, it's visually not all that impressive. The shooting's quite... If you took the Predator out, you'd have... A sub, it would be a subpar first person shooter um, and the Predator brings it up some um, so you know the individual components are not really all that good but put together you've got a, a fun little Predator game, a fairly disposable one but you know it's, all, it's, it's good for a giggle yeah nice mm-hmm. other gamey stuff this week um after finishing Final Fantasy VII Remake off, I was in a real urge to play more uh, JRPGs. And I did the thing that I... Every now and then, I I go, you know what? I'm going to try and play a Dragon Quest game. Maybe this will be the time that I'll like Dragon Quest. And it never is. Uh, so I tried playing some Dragon Quest Eleven, which is like the, the newest one. I tried playing some on the Switch. And... So it's a it's a beautiful looking game. It's got a really nice cel shaded art style to it. I could not have the English voice track on because it was such exaggerated British accents that it <laughs> was painful at times to listen to. The combat system was just weirdly dull to me. It was halfway between a turn based battle system and kind of an ATB real time system, yeah, but not a great one. So. You've, when you enter a, a, a random battle, you get like a circle you can run around in, and there's no real discernible difference for running around. It doesn't really serve any purpose. You just are stood somewhere physically different. You've got an invisible ATB bar that fills up that goes, yeah, you can pick something from your uh, your quick time menu now to, you know, do an attack or something. But because there's no bar... I felt like I was just running around in circles going, can, can I do a single sword swing, please? Can I? Can I? There, there we go. There's the menu. I can swing my sword a single time. Yeah, it's a weird system that... It didn't have any of the immediacy of a, of a pure turn-based system where it's just action, 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 back and forth. It just felt like pauses for no real reason. Um, it just wasn't grabbing me. That's a shame. Yeah. That is a shame. Yeah, I I come back to Dragon Quest games probably once a year. I'll pick up a Dragon Quest and go like, I like JRPGs. This is one of the big ones. I'm sure I'll like it. 
it just they never click for me and I don't know what it is about them. That happens sometimes. There's there's games I've really wanted to like that I well, Sekiro being that example, you know. Like yeah. I can recognise it's a good game. I just it's me and most fighting games as well, I just can't can't do it. I can recognise a lot of the charming stuff going on and what the appeal is, but I'm just like I, I was barely an hour or two in and I was just like, I'm just not enjoying fighting and for a game with this many random battles if I'm not enjoying the random battles, I'm gonna have a hard time enjoying the game. Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, it's a big, uh, big crucial part of it. Yeah, like yeah. I, I would, I would rather like the the two schools of JRPG design that I like combat wise are you're in real time because like you're always doing something and like there there is a real benefit to you moving around in the fight that's immediately visible, or do your menu-based stuff as quick as possible. Just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Anything in between feels a bit weird. Um, stuff I did like about this that I, th- I thought was uh, was nice is rather than have generically easy, easy, medium, hard difficulty modes, when you start the game up, it has like, here is the default difficulty. If you'd like to make it harder, here's like checklists of things you can add. And they're very like tailored. Which things do you think would make the game more difficult for you? Which are like, you can't use healing items while mid battle, or you gain eight uh, EXP at a slower rate, or killing things that are weaker than you doesn't grant you EXP. You have to fight stuff of your level or higher to, to grind. Which I thought that was a really nice way to think about difficulty, um, and that is a thing that you can sort of toggle as you go through the game. So I, I like customizable difficulty like that, but yeah, Dragon Quest just continues to not be for me. That is a shame. Yeah. That is a shame. Um, yeah, like I like Dragon Quest a lot myself. Not that I have the world's most experience with it, because of course in Europe they didn't come out for the longest time. Yeah, yeah. So like a lot of Brits, my my first experience was uh, the one with Yangus and and every, all the core mm. blimey and all that, um, which I enjoyed very much. Uh, but I can see why one wouldn't get into it. It's it's a very particular um, strand of a game. I played the very I played the first one on the NES and mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I finished it, but I'm pretty well familiar with the opening hour or two of that. And, uh, and I did try seven. I gave that an honest to God shot and yeah. couldn't get into it. I love all the little side games they have though. Like the slime oriented mm. stuff oh, yeah. is great. I, I love their character designs and I love all of the stuff that involves Dragon Quest things. I just, I keep giving them an honest shot and just yep. not feeling it. And sometimes that's just the way with certain series. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else played anything else this week? I played the original Final Fantasy VII. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I started uh, yeah, I started that run last year and just picked it up a bit again um, while while we were doing moving over the weekend uh, whenever there was downtime and no internet knocking about, you know, um, have a, a go back on that. I'd left off... Uh, in all the frozen shit just before you find um, in all the um, Justin beat various words in that sentence it just occurred to me because <laughs> uh, you gotta be sensitive about spoilers even for old games in these uncertain times um, but I was at that point basically I think it's the beginning of disc 2 when uh, uh, with Shinra again uh, I, th- I think that was basically when you see um, opens the big window and you look out of it and it's like, oh, the sky's all now. So 
still enjoying it and and i still really love how square enix's re-releases of the final fantasies have the ability to speed shit the fuck up Oh my god, it's it's such a game changer. It's so yeah. lovely. <laughs> they have on final on the Final Fantasy VII, they have the um the one that gives you limit breaks and healing constantly, the one that turns encounters off, and then the one that does three times speed. And just mm. to get through the bits that, you know, I've played a dozen times and I'm just over. You just get through it. Exactly. To get to get to the stuff th- to get to the set pieces that you're actually here to replay. Yeah, like I, I and and the timer, the the in-game clock does not speed up with it. <laughs> so I'm like 14 hours in, but I should be about 30. I think I've probably chopped <laughs> off about half the time on it. Well, see, you're going to have a great speed run time. Oh, absolutely! I'm going to be number one <laughs> top ranked. Don't you worry about it. They're going to have me on on games done quick i'll say i'll do your fucking game quick three times the speed sucker none of you fuckers thought to press that button did you god that would be amazing and then i'll just like throw the controller in the air and then give them double birds and walk out backwards Uh, but yeah it's it's still quite fun yeah see now that you've mentioned that that ability to speed up the uh the the game i might have to just go back to seven that that might be the thing that scratches my jrpg itch. i got them all on the switch got them all on the switch i got 12 yeah, as same. well which i never played through but i tried it recently and i don't know that combat just um i, I realize a lot of people like that game but i just feel like i'm not going to get into that combat system but hey i played streets of rage as well not four um although after we recorded I might actually have a copy. Yeah, yeah, it's reviews are reviews are happening. Reviews are happening. I played the first one on the Switch. Um, I just did. I got nothing to say about it. I just did. <laughs> it was a thing you but did. I'm in a, I'm in a big mood for for Streets of Rage Four because I really like that series. I like those those styles of beat 'em ups anyway. Um, but I've been waiting yeah. for a new Streets of Rage for a long time, and I never oh. understood why Sega abandoned it, or or a lot of their franchises. So I'm just, I can't wait. It looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, so other things we had happen this week. Uh, the the big un- unavoidable thing, major cutscenes from The Last of Us 2 got leaked on the internet like the whole fucking story of that game is out there someone emailed me spoilers for the game in the title of the email because they were really upset that I said Fallout 76 Wastelanders was mediocre I saw that email it was they called me a mean mean man yeah yeah apparently that person has been emailing a few people who don't like fallout 76 with similar oh i'm upset at you sad little dick so yeah i i i feel bad for the people who've worked on this game and it's now like ah now now we have to stay silent while people decide their opinions about a game they have not yet played months in advance i'll say what i said when i heard the news hmm you know, we've heard about how shitty the crunch has been there yeah. and, and some dodgy shit. So the way I look at it is is the developers who worked hard on it don't deserve to have had their hard work leaked like this. Yeah. But Naughty Dog as a company does. Yes. So it's, it's, it's that thing. It's like, I wouldn't wish that hard work to have been scuppered like this on the people who fucking did it. But in some weird universe where that human element was somehow extracted... 
Naughty Dog as an ent- as a management structure that, that abused people because I still believe that's what Crunchy is. Um, yeah. They deserved a level of comeuppance. I, I assume you both have been exposed to this in some fashion in terms of what the content is because you've both talked about... Oh, no, no, not at all. Good for you. Jim, are you less interested knowing what you know in playing The Last of Us 2 than you were like a week ago? Um, I I don't think so, honestly. I don't think so. Um, Because I was having that same thought because I'm not often spoiled. I'm actually very good at ducking them. Um, There are certain things that our common knowledge that I still don't know how it ends, even though I don't intend to watch or play them. I just sort of get off on knowing that I don't know about something that I've never played and that I am actually working to um, keep that, that level of not knowing um, because that's how I fill my time. But so, so when it happens, I'm often taken aback, just, just startled for a moment. Yeah. Um, And then I'm just, Oh, well, you know, it's a shame that that someone thought that they'd, I guess, get revenge on behalf of Todd Howard, and, and they thought that was the way to do it. But at the same time, I, uh, I know I, I was. I'm looking forward to the game in that way that I'm sure it will be good. But I was never super excited in the first place. I'm anticipating it, and I'm expecting it to be enjoyable. Um, well, I mean, you know, in a in a really brutal, violent, upsetting way, <laughs> from what I've heard. Um, but you know, I, I, I was never mega hyped for it, despite absolutely adoring the first one. Like, I'm I'm interested in playing the sequel at some point. Like, I wasn't going to rush out and grab it day one anyway. I'm not particularly affected by this. I know that by the time I would get around to playing it, it would be well past the point that anyone would even be concerned about sharing details about the the storyline. And I'm, as a side note, I'm making a conscious decision at this point in my life to stop using the word spoilers entirely. Yeah. Um, I don't think it accurately describes what's happening in the case of things worth paying attention to anyway you know uh if your enjoyment of it is predicated on being surprised i'm i'm sorry that sucks and it is unfortunate and but that's yeah honestly my opinion has changed over time a lot on this like often I feel better knowing what's coming. There will be times where a piece of media gets a bit too tense and I'm like, I just want to know where this is going so that I can stop worrying and then I'll, you know, enjoy it knowing where it's going. So, like, It does, It does, however, um, unavoidably affect how you interact with yeah, that media. Yeah. It does have an effect and, you know, it, it depends on one's taste whether or not uh, the the best example I can think of in recent memory is is the Dark Crystal Netflix show. Yeah, there are people who, for them, that will be their first experience. Many people will, because you know Netflix is uh, very fucking mainstream now and very good at pushing its shit. Um, so a lot of people experience Dark Crystal through that, and therefore they don't know how it ends. And those who saw the film do. And the way Age of Resistance ends is 
is very uh, my reaction to that ending is is influenced heavily by knowing the turn it takes yeah whereas other people will have i feel a completely different view and a lot of people when i was praising the show said do i need to see the film and i said you do not and in fact you won't enjoy it better but you will enjoy it differently yeah and so yeah yeah i think i think knowing certainly with the last of us too thanks to to that very very um upset individual um I, I, you know if it helps them sleep at night yes friend you you have changed how i will interact with the last of us too but have he has he ruined it he has not ruined it but he has changed it but that's the issue i i I take with it yeah is that it suggests that these products now or i hate that i just used the word product but that's how i feel about something like the last of us and i'm sorry but this work is invalidated in some way by this information being out there and it's fundamentally untrue you know it it's it's a it is it is fundamentally a different experience finding things out as they occur yes. versus knowing up front and seeing the signposting and like i think there is something to be said for i quite often enjoy going through a piece of media and not knowing where it's going and then being able to go oh, i want to rewatch that and see all of the things that i missed that i wasn't aware of the first time ah i see how you were building to yep. that uh, you know, like, it, it's nice to have that, you know, dichotomy of experiences. But if I can't have that, I'm still going to enjoy the journey. And if I have the spoiler, I only have to watch the damn thing once. I mean, there's that too, yeah. <laughs> so I'm saving time, people. Uh, yeah, it's efficient media consumption. I did manage to watch The Good Place years after everyone else, though. That's impressive. And not, not know. Oh. That's impressive, and I, I, and, and and I will say it did really make that experience. That that is a piece of media that really genuinely benefits from going in. Would it have ruined it to have known? No. Did it severely enhance the experience not knowing? Yes, I think so. And that's one of those where I was very careful not to tell people because yes, I I was aware that. People should be able to have that experience if they want it. And, yeah. you know, don't be a dick, I think, is, yeah. is should be the overriding philosophy on this sort of stuff. But maybe we could all put some of this into a different context, you know, and, and we could talk about these things as leaks, you know, and yeah. uh, and foreknowledge. And maybe not demonize the idea of knowing how a story might turn out so much. Yeah. And wear your fucking face masks. Yeah, that too. That too. The characters in The Last of Us 2 would wear their face masks, probably. Probably. I mean, you'd think by now, right? Yeah, you'd think they'd have worked it out. Well, they're all wearing the gas masks when they go to the spore places. They know what's up. Yeah. They know what's up. They they know to you know. So, oh, they're not social distancing though. No, no. No, they're going on journeys in in pairs. No, go solo. So social distance. Uh so we had some other other bits of newsy stuff. Um, there was a god awful boring Twitch live stream that went on for like six hours where um they're like, oh, we're gonna reveal the next Assassin's Creed game, and it was six hours of a man very slowly doing a painting. I um almost clicked on it. I went when I saw it yeah. like go going live, I almost clicked on it and then thought, ha, what am I doing? And then I went and did something fun with my day. 
I, I can tell you exactly what this live stream was, is you click on when it starts, and there's a silhouette of a, 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 a sort of black silhouette of a man, and that's where they're going to put the protagonist hours and hours and hours from now. And he's like, oh, there's an icy watery bed over here and like a hill over here. And then six hours of, I'm going to painstakingly add blades of grass and some extra shading to the mountain. Not adding any additional detail that's going to tell you anything about the game. So this is Avon for the sake of guard bollocks. Yeah, this is how much Twitch engagement can we get? How long can we keep 35,000 people watching our Twitch channel? Fucking hell. Who did this last time? It was Pokemon, oh, Pokemon. last time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Pokemon with their forest, this where every is... three hours a little Pokemon would walk past and then nothing would happen again. Stop encouraging them, people. You're like those, yeah. You're like the people who fucking sing about having Popeyes so that Popeyes will retweet them. Don't do their job for them. Yeah. Don't become their content and don't consume their... Don't watch hours of a man pretending to paint. If you're going to do that, watch Bob Ross. He actually paints and he talks nice. Yeah. And the painting's done in 30 minutes. And he's not trying to sell you anything except titanium white. The only thing you actually need to know, and it became obvious within seconds, this is going to be the Norse Viking Assassin's Creed. That sounds good. Yeah, it's, it's a, it is a very different setting to Renaissance-era Europe, which is, you know, a lot of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. My wife will want me to play it. Yeah. I, I enjoy stuff in Norse settings. I love Norse mythology. I grew up with a, a Norse mythology book and I used to read it all the fucking time. Yeah, I, I, Odyssey was fantastic, so I'm sure, you know, if it's a similar game, I'll probably enjoy it again. I'll probably play it for 12 hours resentfully and then throw up a video whining incessantly about its microtransactions. That's probably uh, how I'm going to tackle that particular beast. That is fair, that is fair. Um, the only other thing I played this week was um, Pokemon Go finally got like the ability to do raids without having to physically go to them because the quarantine and... May I, may I make one educated guess? Yeah. There's, there's some baffling catch that makes the oh. whole process at least mildly infuriating. Uh, I wouldn't say a catch necessarily, just some poorly thought out design choices and some aspects that I think were probably deliberately overlooked to try and get money out of people. Oh dear. So we'll we'll start with this. Uh, you can now get, basically, because the quarantine's happening, you don't have to physically go to a place to do a raid with other people. If you can see it on your map, you can do it from home. Theoretically, that's great. A uh, couple of problems. Uh, raids require passes to, to do raids, and that's not usually a problem when you're doing raids in, you know, in person, because you can wait and see if a large enough group physically congregates in place to go, yeah, we've got enough people to do this raid, we'll all spend our raid passes and enter the lobby. Problem is, when you're doing it remotely, you have no way to know if other people are, like, ready to jump into that lobby without, like, spending your pass up front and going... Yeah, sure, I'll enter the lobby and hope that some other people see that I'm in there and come to join. I was using passes and just like, nope, no one else joined this one. My bad. Because no one, like, there's no way to, there's no, like, waiting room system to go, hey, there's this many people looking at this raid that might jump in. Do you want to, do you want to jump in? Do you want to use your pass? fucking someone do Pokemon Online properly. 
Just fucking yeah. someone. You know, Do if, it. if you if you you know communicated with your neighborhood neighborhood and knew your neighbors, oh. knew who they were, you could coordinate these sorts of things. But you know, we all isolated, and that's uh, the way it goes. Yeah. Um. The the other and I think bigger problem with it is. Um, so r- the way that raids generally worked when you could physically go to gyms in person was um, when there's not raids going on at gyms, you basically fight over who- which team's got control of the gym and you get you can get coins to spend on in-game stuff um, by by doing that. You you don't have to spend real world money to uh, to, to purchase things like these uh, these raid passes. However, while you can do raids from a distance, you can't challenge a gym to try and get coins to pay for raid passes from home. You would have to go out physically to the gym to do that. The catch here being, oh, I can't earn the in-game currency that would let me get these raid passes. You want me to spend real money to get more of these to play the game from home. You've, I, you've, not, you've deliberately not allowed me to do the thing that would let me earn in-game currency from home. Mm, can't do that from home. So that they wow. try and push you to spend money. Filth. Mechanically, there is zero reason. They've got the, the tech set up that you can click on a gym that is not near you and interact with it, but they don't let you do the thing that would earn you the in-game currency so that you could do your raids without spending real money. Sounds great. Yeah, it's it's... I, I tried, like, two raids and went, you know what? Fuck it. Not interested. Not in the slightest. Not gonna bother. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That is that is, that is is a, a monetary decision that has made me go, you know what? Don't need to play this during the quarantine. No, thank you. All right. Well, sound uh, business decisions from Nintendo yeah. all around. It's... It's a real shame that a game that, like, up until this point had felt really fair that you could just play it forever and not need to spend any money. This is the first time I've gone, oh, if I want to play it for the next few months, it's going to cost me. A garden caterpillar has 248 muscles in its head. That's too... What does a fucking caterpillar need with all those muscles in its head? I have literally no idea what they would need that many head muscles for. Their job is to munch leaves. It's not that hard. Two muscles, open mouth, shut mouth, done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and a uh, muff has no stomach, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, There'll be more animal so think, facts next week. So I think that is all of the video game things that are brought to the table. Who? Anyone else got anything to fill us eight minutes? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, well, I, I, I could just say that um, to my to my lovely Jimquisition audience, hi. Um, it was funny at first. <laughs> Getting a lot of ads. But the sheer volume, the sheer volume of emails just circling back <laughs> to offer me <laughs> promotional um, opportunities with a whole range of hilarious products you've all devised. Hoisted by your own petard, Jim. I, I have paid for my hubris <laughs> and would request politely that the debt be considered paid. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at your misfortune, but uh, it is irresistible. It all went wrong for me. <laughs> but, you know, people really like the video, so, well, so yeah. I'm glad they did. They, they, they want to show how much they appreciated the joy Indeed. you brought into their lives by giving you some joy, not realizing that you could drown in too much joy. My mistake <laughs> was, was, 
um, screenshotting and posting in the first one, which came like within moments. Uh, and, and I praised the swiftness of it, but it, I am now on day three and they have, they have not abated. <laughs> and they are funny. And, and, and you are all funny fuckers, but... You're getting nothing done. You can scale it back now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I checked back in on that Assassin's Creed painting. Oh, is he still going? Yeah, they've started to... The black silhouette of the, the character, they've started to, like, lightly shade the elbows Ooh. to be like, oh, we're going to start making a character. Oh, there's some texture on the elbows. Oh, Jesus fuck. Well, you know, they Christ. say that that's how you can sort of determine a person's age, you know, to a certain extent by looking at how creased their elbows have become. Uh, so. Should I be should I be making some like game theory style videos right now about oh, yeah. like the new protagonist is going to be 45 because he's got wrinkly yep, elbows? Yep, yep. Confirmed. <gasps> Big time. Wow. Deadly Premonition 2 is out oh. on July 10th. Yep. Yes. Oh god, that's so soon. That came up quick, didn't it? I I assumed it was going to be tail end of the year. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very hype for that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I hope that it is as much of a mess as the original. I hope it's still weird around the edges. I'm I, I'm I, I'm very hopeful because Sweary, I think, has proven consistently bizarre in an entertaining yeah. way. Like like I, I often talk about how D4 just sort of cemented it. That mm. he does know what he's doing. It wasn't just a fluke. I mean, weird around the edges is his bag. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, from the beginning. You know, Spy. I, I know. I keep banging on about it, but um, uh, Spy Fiction, mm-hmm. which was the game mm. that he had prior to Deadly Premonition, it is just as you know, rough, rough, weird around the edges. It's not bad necessarily but there are aspects of it that it's like "Mm, this could have been cooked longer but the whole thing is so weird and fun and that's just consistent you look at uh what was the um the platformer recently oh um it's in my steam oh oh, i remember jj mcfield the missing the missing yes uh jj mcfield in the island again you know a sort of cool concept some interesting mechanics very strange at the periphery um yeah so i'm i'm there and the good life's not too far behind i think that's also supposed to be out this year i didn't realize how soon that was as well Fuck, it's a good year for sweary stuff. I'm very excited for a sweary heavy year. Yeah, yeah. I need that sort of heart in my life. Yeah. He, right, full disclosure, right? He and I are friends on Facebook. Oh, same, yes. He's amazing. <laughs> he gets up to all sorts of mischief, especially during quarantine. Yeah, his his Facebook adventures are fascinating. <laughs> When when I had the flu, this was before everyone was wearing face masks, I had a photo of myself in the hospital with a face mask on, and his reply was, looks like Japanese people. <laughs> He's amazing. I love, I, I love Swery. Like, I, I will fully confess my bias with Deadly Premonition too. Mm-hmm. Like, I obviously adore the first one. And, and I just think Swery himself is just like... The, the industry... Is, it's good the industry has him in it. Yeah. I feel the same way about Takfuji as well. Like, his outlook and his games have always had this sort of weirdness to them. And he's just a, he's just a fucking delight. Mm-hmm. The, the times I've met Swery, he's been... He has seemed like a very genuinely 
charming yeah. person. He just, he feels very authentic. Yeah, I mean, just, of the people in this business that I've met, he has seemed the most genuine. Um, and just yeah. full of heart. Uh, I need him in my yeah. life. Mm-hmm. He's a man who loves what he does. And yeah. unlike, you, sometimes you get some developers who sort of reach that level of, of sort of uh, cult fame. And they they seem very contemptuous of what they do almost mm. and, and the way people respond to their work. But Swery has been nothing but just... He oozes delight with video games as a medium and the people who play them. And it's just... it's yeah. It's nice to see. And I say that as someone who does not ooze delight and is one of those miserable fuckers. <laughs> uh... <sighs> Uh, well, is that is that everything for us, I think? Uh, yeah. I can't think of anything else to add. I've uh, got Streets of Rage 4 coming to me soon, so... I think that's it. I don't I don't know if I've got anything else to add. Um, nah, it's been no. a light week. I will I will say, just before we even do promotion stuff, just, just to thank the Jimquisition fans for their support at the moment. Like, I make a lot of self-deprecating jokes about how much money I've lost and how much how deep shit I got myself into with the movie. It's not as bad as all that. I'm very self-deprecating, but a lot of people have like taken it as, as if I'm in like big trouble and sort of sent a lot of stuff to the Patreon. I'm like, I don't want you to, I don't want to feel like I've tricked anyone <laughs> when I'm really just trying to make jokes about a, what was a genuinely shit situation. But I think my joking about it made it sound like even worse but you know if people want to support it thank you but there's been a lot of support in the wake of of uh this past video not just with the joke emails and the patrons but a lot of like genuinely um kind and supportive messages on both patreon and email and it was just one it's it's been very nice this week of an overwhelming amount of of love from the from the viewers and and jim i i know that this is probably just part of who you are not wanting it to uh largely not want to assume that it's largely people hearing your message about advertising in games and yeah. saying this is a mindset i want to support financially because that's how this stuff gets produced so mm. I, I i respect that you're um, sense of self-deprecation won't let you go there, but I'll go there, and it is appreciated um, across the board. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well, thank you, thank, thank you, everyone. Like it was, it's been rough for a long time lately, and work as well was just I've I've not been happy with with a lot of stuff work wise. So this Monday was very good, and and it all came at a very good time as well. So I said before we recorded, I've got a little bit of joie de vivre back. Um, so I, it's it's nice mm. to feel feel like there's something because <laughs> uh, of just how bleak everything's been all around lately for everyone. You know, it was just nice to get a little boost, and maybe things will be all right yeah. for everyone. I hope they are, but if they're not, and you know injecting the bleach doesn't work where can people find out your stuff on the internet laura oh god uh you can find me at laura k buzz in all the places twitter twitch youtube patreon that's the one that pays the bills everything i publish ends up on laura k buzz uh laura k buzz.com 
there's books that I've done. There's Uncomfortable Labels. It's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and it's available now wherever books are sold or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is unfortunately delayed because of coronavirus, but it will be coming out on February 4th, 2021. And I've started on another book. Uh, I'm working on an anthology book. If you are someone who is non-cisgender and is interested in being paid to write a 3,000 word or so essay about a moment where your transition or your gender status brought you joy and happiness and was a real moment of euphoria for you, check out my Twitter. I have a thread there with more details, but I have an opportunity to pay writers to be involved in a book, which is really nice. I have a publisher that has offered an amount of money that I can actually pay people to do a project with. So check out my Twitter for information on that. Um, I do a bunch of podcasts as well. There's Pixel Squirt, where I talk about video game character pornography. Um, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where I talk about things that aren't exclusively video games. And Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and soon season seven. We're doing a little mini series at the moment that's a Phoenix Wright style courtroom drama for a couple of weeks before we start season seven. You know who else is in that courtroom drama mini series of Dice Funk? It's Conrad. That's true. I am in that courtroom drama mini season of Dice Funk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. You can hang out with me on Twitch most weekdays and occasionally on a weekend. That's twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. You can buy buttons that I make with all sorts of anti-capitalist propaganda on them. That's at pinfultruth.com. And you can buy audiobooks from me at conradreads.com. Some other uh, podcasts that I can be heard on uh, would include Of Horse and Bojack Horseman Fancast, which is a episode breakdown of the Bojack Horseman show with a couple of lovely people there, uh, Jake Spencer and Elodie Cunningham. It's a good listen. Uh, you can also hear me on the Spinoff Doctors and our soon-to-be-recorded Sonic the Hedgehog episode that I just keep not finishing the script. It just makes me angry, Jim. The movie, the <laughs> it just makes me angry. Uh, so that's coming. Um, I also do a show with Jim called Boston's Favorite Son, where we try to make our good friend Jonathan famous again. Um, and uh, uh, Jim, Jim, you, you did mention a little earlier about that uh, Patreon that you have. I have a Patreon! And you can look at it if you want. Uh, patreon.com slash jimquisition and that you know keeps keeps all the content coming really and you can support it if you want or not it's there and thank you very much to those who do and if you've not seen this monday's jimquisition it is called i won't be sponsored by your trash product i think that's the title um it's a very good one i think it was a uh, one i wrote on a whim um, it's obviously with not a lot going on in the industry right now, whim-based gymquisitions or whimquisitions as I just thought of the moment I said <laughs> whim and, and now I'm very pleased with myself. Um, yeah, so it's a, you know, basically the time to do that, I guess. Although maybe this Monday will have to be about naughty dog or as we call them in this household, dirty dog, right? <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.